Hi there, it's Dr. M.R.X. Dentith, and I'm here to warn you about the following episode, not because of its content, not because of its lewd nature, but rather because at some point during the recording, my microphone falls within the fold of my clothes, and thus there is a strange kind of rustling sound you'll hear from time to time. That is not due to the tendrils of eldritch wisdom growing out of the back of my body causing interference with the recording. It is indeed cotton rubbing up against a microphone as I move. Listener, beware. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Uh, I am Josh Edison, sitting next to me as always is Dr. M. Dentith. Um, we've been told we're a bit flabby in our introduction, so we're just going to cut to the chase this week and get straight into content after one brief detour, because Last week, we had a little intro sketch about my new book. Now, I actually forgot to do this in the show, mm-hmm. and I thought it should be better to do it on screen rather than off screen. So, Josh, here is your complimentary copy of Taking Conspiracy Theory Seriously, which even has a handwritten note by one of the authors and the editor on the inside. Why, thank you very much, Dr. Denter. I like the staginess of what you just mm. did there. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's just going to stay between you and me. Precisely, mm. the secret plans will mm. never be revealed mm. on air, or indeed on video. And that basically is this week's introduction. We are going to go straight to a very truncated Previously On. Mm. Previously on the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. Well, look, I think I'm just going to sit here and riffle through my brand new book, quite frankly, because it's such a pleasurable sensation. And also because so, it's summery. It's mm. quite nice to have a bit of a breeze. Although it does, it does remind me to actually do have air conditioning in this room. Mm. So do you want to do the previously, or are you just getting tanked in advance of... Can't I do both? Well, Can't I do both? Possibly. So what were we doing four years ago today? In episode 39, we were talking about reasonable disagreements, i.e. why is it there are disagreements between conspiracy theorists and non-conspiracy theorists, but also between conspiracy theorists and other conspiracy theorists. Which, if you want to hear that, go back to episode 39 back in 2015. I have literally no memory of that episode. I wrote a paper on it. Oh, well, there we go. Probably meant more to you than me then. Indeed. It was, mm. it was one of our vanity episodes. Ah, right. Yeah. So, 2016... Well, we're actually now between two episodes, so between episodes 84 and, strangely enough, 85, mm. where one week we talked about David Robert Grimes and his mathematical model of the viability of conspiracies, and then the next week we talked about the death of Antonin Scalia, which was back in a time when American politics wasn't as toxic as it appears today, which is saying something because those conspiracy theories were pretty toxic at the time. Obama death squads killing Supreme Court justices. It was grand. Mm. And then um, in 2017, uh, this date, uh, we were talking about President Bloody Trump, who we've tried, we've decided we're not going to talk about 
this this unless year. We unless really, we absolutely, yeah, absolutely have to. Have unless to. he actually triggers a world war or gets impeached or you know assassinated while giving the next State of the Union. I don't know. But so, so that's what we were doing last year because we did it so much last year. Not going to do it this year. Actually, that's all 2017. We actually did nothing. Oh, sorry, last two year. years ago, didn't we? This is no, one of the weeks we head off. Oh, well, how about that? Good so, for us. That was previously on the podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy. Short, succinct, and to the point. Let's move on. Let's do that. Updates. And retractions. So, one update this week, and no retractions. Uh, this time we're talking about one-time guest on the show, David Icke. The Australian government apparently is being pressured to revoke his visa ahead of a speaking tour there in March. Now, I should like to point out that Mr Icke is not coming here this time that he's visiting Down Under. Maybe our interview with him has put him off. You can listen to us talk with David Icke all the way back in episode 111, back in August of 2016. Mm, the time when the numbering system all went horribly wrong. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Anyway, members of the Australian Labour Party have written to the current immigration minister, David Coleman, uh, calling on him to ban Icke on the basis of his anti-Semitic views and apparently having campaigned for Holocaust denial to be taught in schools. Has he actually done that, or is it one of those uh, dog whistles? Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about that in yeah. just a sec. Uh, what makes this particularly awkward is Australia's somewhat mercurial approach to issuing uh, or not issuing visas. They did let Lauren Southern and Stephen Molyneux in, but have banned Gavin Innes and Chelsea Manning. They let a French au pair stay despite breaking the terms of her visa, but refused asylum for a woman fleeing re uh, religious persecution. Basically, Australia's visa system is a bit like a magic eight ball at the moment. Yeah, so that Holocaust denial mm. thing. So I too was a little bit curious about this. It does turn out that David Icke in more recent publications has been quite challenging of the official story about what happened during the Holocaust and has on occasion kind of said they need to teach the controversy in schools. So arguably you could say that David Icke is advocating teaching Holocaust denial in schools. Mm. Or at least, yes, is trying to do the devil's advocate stuff just a little bit too hard. Well, he's still kind of stuck on there. There are alien shape-shifting lizard Jews out there who are giving a bad name to the rest of the Jewish population. Mm. Yes, strange fellow. Strange fellow. Nice to talk to. Yes, strange, very, very personable, but mm. his views are... Interesting to say the least, yes. and that is the least we're going to say at this particular point in time. It is. So we're gonna we're we're gonna shuffle things around a little bit, uh, or shuffle them back, I think, because we used to do things this way. We did. We, but 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 we are mercurial ourselves. We are. We are the like, David Ikes of mm, our sort of New Zealand. Actually, no, the we're Australian not immigration system of Aotearoa podcast. Yes, yes, that, actually, that, yep. that is an accurate mm. analogy. Yeah. Uh, so what, the point is we're going to do the news now and then get that out of the way and then that way we'll have the entire body uh, of the podcast to talk about this week's main topic. Which is an interesting topic, but before we can talk about that, let's move straight on to the news. Mm. Breaking, breaking, conspiracy theories in the news. So, at the top of our news segment, uh, we have a piece of news that isn't so much conspiratorial as it, as it feeds certain conspiracy theories, including those that we're going to be talking about this week. Um, it's been reported that the Russian Navy has a new weapon that can disrupt the eyesight of targets and make them hallucinate and vomit. Isn't that vodka? 
Yes, but it's also... Uh, but it's from a distance, right? Yeah, yes. yeah it's vodka, mm. telepathically. Uh, that is, we have a new form of energy weapon, and the purported Russian weapon is already being used by proponents of secret energy weapon conspiracy theories to go, see, see, told you. Um, now, if this weapon exists, it's proof positive that such weapons are being worked on right now, uh, but the fact that they might exist now doesn't actually tell us that the conspiracy theories about them in the past were the kind of thing we ought to have believed back then. Um, you'd have to show that the particular weapons talked about in these conspiracy theories existed in the past, which almost always turns out to be the problem. Indeed. Now, we mentioned this on the bonus content of the podcast last week, but it's worth bringing up again for a larger audience. YouTube is changing its algorithms Ooh. to reduce the spread of potentially harmful content. Now, what gets defined as harmful is a big deal here. As friend of the show, Professor Joe Yusinski pointed out when interviewed on this particular topic, it all depends on a mega corporation deciding what they take to be true or false, plausible or implausible, warranted or unwarranted. Now, it is true that YouTube is not taking videos about miracle cures, claims the earth is flat, or 9-11 truth videos down, they're simply making them harder to discover. This is not necessarily a bad thing, it's a known problem that for a while, Google's algorithms have tended to create an echo chamber very, very quickly. But whether we should be leaving these kind of decisions to big business, well, we here at the People's Bureau for the Conspiracy think it should be left to organizations that are a little more open and not so proprietary in their algorithms. Mm. And now a reminder that bad stuff happens. Sometimes we here at the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy might look like we're making fun of conspiracy theories, but as well you know, we do take these things very seriously, except for when we don't. Don't judge us. Anyway, in a matter which looks very much like a cover-up, a public inquiry in the UK, which is examining undercover policing, is refusing to publish a list of more than a thousand political groups that have been spied on since 1968. Sir John Mitting, a retired judge, is chairing an inquiry that has yet to hear any evidence in public. Not only that, but it's not due to conclude before 2023. Why? Because the police have filed a large number of applications to conceal the identities of undercover officers. Given it seems that police in the UK have overwhelmingly monitored groups which have been labelled left-wing or progressive, with only three far-right groups which are infiltrated having been identified thus far, it's all looking a little bit suspicious. This is especially the case as the victims of the surveillance have a history of criticising Mitting himself for making decisions conducive to the police. It's a oh-so-British, and if it's not a cover-up, it certainly looks like one. It sure does. Hmm. And that is all we have for the news this week. So now, let us target some individuals and talk about them behind their backs using our advanced video tech technology. Hmm. By advanced video tech technology, do you mean your exposed knees? Yes, my exposed mm. knees are in fact the way that they will get you. Mm. If, you're, if you're listening to this uh, in podcast format, and you want to get a good eyeful of Dr. Dentith's knees, give him a good ogle, and switch on over to the YouTube channel for all your patella requirements. That's <laughs> the... Podcaster's Guide to the Knee Conspiracy. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about knees, although we could. Uh, we're here to talk about a subject that we've talked about before, and that subject is targeted individuals. Well, when we talked about it before, we talked about gang stalking. Well, this the is the, 
This is the techno thriller version of gang stalking. I think yeah, it's um, I think gang stalking is sort of a subset from what I could gather. Is one of the ways in which targeted individuals could be targeted, but targeted individuals is the wider thing, which we talked about uh, back in episode 103 in the middle of 2016. Um, so at the time, it, it was a little bit, um, we were kind of reacting to a person's reaction to another thing. There was a, uh, an article in the New York Times talking about targeted individuals, exactly what a targeted individual is, we'll get to in just a second. Um, but due to, there was that article, then there was an article on the website, The Psychology of Conspiracy Theories, reacting to that article and trying to draw sort of a psychological distinction between conspiracy theory and delusion, which we didn't really agree with. No, no we did not. No, so while we did go over the whole idea of targeted individuals and gangs talking and so on, a lot of it was our sort of reaction to this particular um, uh, particular article about it. Now, in general, just to recap, targeted individuals are people who believe that they are being targeted by some sort of uh, grand conspiracy um, and... Uh, <laughs> harassed, basically, in one of a number of different ways. Uh, one of those ways is gang stalking, which is where literally you're being followed and stalked by a large group of people. Um, and they'll talk about things like, um, you know, people whispering words to them as they pass them in the street. They'll talk about uh, cars beeping their horns at odd times or, or noises happening at the same time as certain scraps of speech come across the radio to highlight them and stuff like that. Um, but then there's also the more techno-oriented one where people will claim that they are uh, implants have been put inside their bodies somewhere um, and through those people are directing voices into their heads using V2K or voice to skull. I don't know why it's V2, not V2S, but V2K apparently is the term. Uh, so that these people basically hear voices telling them to do things and claims that their minds are being controlled. Now, this, you hear stuff like this, I'm no psychologist, but it basically just sounds like the symptoms of some sort of schizophrenia, which is why it gets a little trickier to talk about. Is this just good old-fashioned mental illness, or is there, is there reason to think it might be something else? Well, yes, and therein lies the $30 question, mm. because there is this interesting aspect here that, to an outside observer, the description a targeted individual gives of their lives and the kind of interference coming from a third party in their lives does actually seem to map on very, very closely to some commonly described mental illnesses. Of course, the targeted individuals will then say, well, yes, we know it looks like that. It's deliberately made to look like a mental illness so that when we complain about it, Doctors and other medical professionals who are either in on it give us a false diagnosis or are easily confused by the fact there are people with a mental illness with the same symptoms, but targeted individuals are adamant they do not belong in that group of people who are mentally ill. Mm. I almost wonder a little bit if it's just sort of the the harmful nature of the social stigma we have on mental illness, because the thing they'll always say is, I'm not crazy. Because to them, mental illness means you're some sort of, you know, stereotype of a drooling incompetent uh, locked up in a straitjacket in a funny farm somewhere. Um, whereas if perhaps there was less of a stigma about there being some, you know, th th that it being somehow shameful or some sort of weakness to have a mental illness, maybe they would, would be uh, much less hesitant to accept that that could be the case. But 
when we talked about it last time, we, we, we found it a little bit hard to discuss in terms of conspiracy theory, partly because, I mean, it, it isn't obvious if, if, if there is even evidence to say that there's a conspiracy theory, as we say, and also the targeted individuals themselves tend to be very hazy on the exact nature of the conspiracy that they're Which being subjected to. Which we'll get to. into very mm. shortly. I suppose we should say that this is a viewer request or listener request. Yep. I actually don't know whether Jim watches or listens to the podcast or vodcast, but our friend Jim late last year said, hey, there's this documentary by Vice on targeted individuals, which covers a lot of the things that you said would be great to get an update. And Jim, Ooh. this update is for you. for you. And everyone else and is watching obviously. or yes, listening. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, since then, there's a, a 2017 video from Vice. Um, we also found a 2018 article from Wired. So it's, it's sort of a topic that pops up from time to time. Basically, it looks like any time a reporter happens to to stumble upon the the TI community and think, "Wow, that's that." There's an interesting story there, and there is. Um, apparently, um, the earliest Google searches for the term "targeted individuals" started showing up around 2004. So that's um, that's when this iteration of the uh, of of this kind of conspiracy theory first started to crop up. Although, as we see, it may have been around for quite a long time. Yeah, it's quite that. a long time, actually. Mm. Um, so, when we talked about it before, we sort of said, "Well, it, it it looks hard to distinguish from a mental illness." On the other hand, we do know, especially when it comes to the gang stalking style of things, there have been coordinated stalking efforts in the past. Oh yes, mm. I mean it's a it's a common trope for people who are running a conspiracy or are trying to get someone to not say things they're not meant to is to harass them in a variety of different ways, mm. including getting random strangers to harass them on the street and the like. Indeed, there's even some evidence that some people have been led to believe they're mentally ill, that the phenomenon has a, a technical term, gaslighting, mm. where you make someone think that they are ill in part to control them. Mm. So this has been done by uh, government agencies in the past. It's been done, the stories of Scientology. What, what was it? It's, um, I've forgotten the term. No, they, they had a specific term oh, for yeah. um, going after people. Um, yeah, they do. I can't remember. What uh, even now. when you look at more recent phenomena like Gamergate, which was sort of you know organised harassment of, of, of individuals. Well, um, I mean, they, they, they have swatting. Mm, yeah, well, exactly, yes. Yeah, that, 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 that has resulted in a death. Hasn't it? There. More than one at the stage. Think, yeah, yeah. Um, and then also because the, the uh, targeted individuals will often say that this is, you know, when people ask why have you been targeted, they'll usually claim I, I, it's it's some sort of a mind control sort of experiment or something. The governments or or whatever powers that be are trying out these technologies on me to 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 trial them for military or whatever. Um, usage, and then to which point you can point, well, we, we do know that there have been weird, wacky trials like MK Ultra in the past, looking into things like mind control. And there's been medical experimentation on mm. people in the past, like the Tagusky syphilis experiments. Mm. So it's not out of the question that events like these, or sorry, I should say, symptoms like these, might be more than mental illness and actually might be as a root cause someone doing bad things. But, as we're going to see, the conspiracy described is amorphous and vague, and the evidence for the conspiracy is 
I would say lacking. Would you say lacking? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, when when we talk about Scientology or things the KGP got up to or in culture and so on, there's usually, you, you can usually point to a clear motive for one thing, you know, Gamergate and Scientology and stuff. It's very clearly, we don't like this person. We don't like their politics or what have you. And you can usually, if only after the fact, identify the, the people, if not the individuals, then the groups behind it. Whereas... There's, a, there's a set of individuals mm. that are gone after. And with the TI stuff, not so clear. No, the, the actual conspiracy, um, when asked, they will say, you know, look, I don't know. I don't know who's doing this to me. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know why me. I just know that it's happening. So, you know, there must be something behind it. Um, in the video, in the video by Vice, um, which you can find if you look up on YouTube, it's about forty-eight minutes. Well, yeah, yeah, not not too too much of a watch. Um, at what, there's one point in the video where the interviewer is talking. He, he talks to three people, may well, a few others, but the main people he focuses on are two men, one uh, called Shane and Kieran, and a woman called Fiona. Um, at one point, when he's talking to Shane and Kieran, they very briefly just rattle off. Uh, you know, oh, it's it's some it's a sort of a transhumanist military globalist it's, agenda, agenda twenty one. That it's the Freemasons, and then the Freemasons get a mention afterwards. But it's just very very sort of vague general conspiracy theory sort of talking. Um, and it's it's interesting the the technological or the the, the currency of the of the technology that's involved uh, in, in two different ways. One, the internet has had a massive effect on this sort of community um, in the same way that the internet has allowed all sorts of subgroups of society to get together and and, and find one another, essentially. Like goths mm -hmm. or like emos. Goths or, uh, or, Do or emos even, even exist anymore? I, not to my knowledge. I haven't seen an emo in quite some time. 90s stuff is coming back, though. I don't want emos coming back, though. No, I was at... Um, I saw Florence and the Machine in concert last week, and there was there was some genuine 90, 90s fashion on display, for better and worse. There was a good bit of PVC around. The, the, the support act actually wore dungarees. I oh, remember yeah, dungarees were a thing in the 90s. Yeah, no, I never remember them being a good thing. They've been back a good yeah, five or eight years uh, now. It's not good. Anyway. Distracted slightly there, uh, but no, the yeah, the internet is good at letting people find each other, and so that has allowed this this TI community to find each other. They organise conferences now. It's estimated there's around ten thousand people identifying as targeted individuals across the world, and um, if you're of the belief that this is nothing but a delusion, it's a mere symptom of mental illness, then this is a little bit worrying because it does seem to allow these people to get together and reinforce their delusions. Um, although there is, there can be actually quite a positive aspect. Yeah, to it as well, well, we will talk about that as well. Let's actually focus on the actual claim of conspiracy. Mm, yeah, that's so, probably the best place to start. Any decent conspiracy theory has, at, at its heart, a claim of conspiracy. Mm. And the problem with the TI conspiracy is, it's not very clear what the conspiracy no. is. The so, only thing they're definite of is that a conspiracy exists. Yes, and so, that they're not mentally ill. Mm. So. They they know in their heart of hearts that they are being followed and targeted. They don't know why them. Mm -hmm. And they're not entirely sure why the conspiracy exists. So as I said, we've got a men mention of Agenda 21, mentions of transhumanism, so some kind of conspiracy to change the very nature 
of humankind, where they are the ones who are being experimented upon. And at one stage, Shane in the video talks about Freemasons defecating in his bed. Yes, he's um, at this stage, uh, this point in the video, he's he's sort of cataloging all the stuff that's happened to him, which he believes is evidence of his targeting, including break-ins to his house during which someone shit in his bed, and he's sort of. He goes, well, why? Why would I do it? And then the interviewer goes, "But why would why Freemasons would... do it?" No, no, no. no, no the sorry. Interviewer goes, mm. "Why would they do it?" And you go, "Why would the son of a Freemason do it?" In case of, I think you're implicating the Freemasons at this particular point mm. in time, and obviously quite specifically a very particular child of a Freemason. Mm. Yes, so it's a weird one there. Um, it's a little bit. One thing I, I found a little bit uh, frustrating to, to find out is. There's not much talk of how these conspiracy theories originated um, in, in the individuals. In the video, briefly at the beginning, uh, it starts with the, the reporter um, going to a, a TI conference. And so there are a few interviews with a, or a few snatches of interviews with, with a bunch of people. And a couple of them will talk about they remember the first time they'd been walking down the street and suddenly became aware that a group of people were all following them. But that's really all it came from. I, I would I would like to hear why people first thought, first came to think that they were being targeted. Um, maybe for some of them it was when, was when they started hearing voices in their head. But it's yeah, that that, that side of thing I'd I'd like. And I mean to go that into kind more. of gets us back to the internet aspect mm. because. As most of us are are aware, Dr. Google is a thing. Yep. So you find you've got a strange lump on the back of your leg, and you don't want to go see a doctor because doctors are expensive, or you don't have time to make an appointment. So you do a search on Google, and by and large, what you've discovered is a cancerous growth. No, yep. By and large, if you've got something on, on your skin, Google will say it's likely to be cancer, at which point you start panicking, you make an appointment with the doctor, and they go, no, that's just a benign skin lesion or skin tag. You don't need to worry mm. about that. They're common in everyone. In the same respect, you might start having certain symptoms, like you start to think you're hearing voices, you find unusual scratches or marks or lumps on your body, you do a Google search to try and find out what it is. Some of those people are going to find the TI literature, and then they're going to, oh, that matches my symptoms exactly. I must be a targeted individual. Mm. Yeah, so however they get there, some people get there, and then one, once they do, they find like-minded people who... Um, uh, who will reinforce each other um, just through a sense of sort of camaraderie, camaraderie. Finally, I found someone who knows what I'm going through, someone who'll believe me, of course, because that's the, the thing that they often find most torturous, is that they're so certain this stuff is happening, and yet no one around them will believe, will believe it and say, oh, you know, you just need to go see a psychiatrist. Um, so there's that, but then there's also the fact that some people have put a lot more effort into finding what they believe is evidence for their targeting, which can then be spread amongst others and so on, and then they can refer to that. So evidence. They claim to have some. Indeed. What so have we got? The main kind of evidence tends to be implants or unusual lumps or cuts found on the human body. Now, I taught at a med school for a while, and one of the things that you learn quite quickly is that if you search your body at any particular random point in time, you will find lumps or scratches you've never seen before. Because it turns out we cause minor injury and abrasions to ourselves in our daily lives every single day. 
and like paper cuts until such time you they're drawn to your attention you don't actually feel or experience mm. that particular wound but when you find it suddenly it becomes an item of fixation because you go oh what's this weird scratch how long has that been there and it will start to itch and you'll start to worry it and the like because by and large if you don't know you've wounded yourself for a minor wound, your body goes, well, I can just ignore that and mm. just let nature take its course. So finding unusual lumps or cuts is something where it looks like the TI community is taking a commonplace thing, but going, well, I've never noticed this before, and because of that, suddenly making it into evidence for the conspiracy. The implant stuff is more interesting. So one of the subjects in the Vice video talks about having MRI scans mm. and finding what appear to be implants at the back of the skull, on yep. both, at the bo bottom of both lobes of the brain. And he's going, well, that shouldn't be there. And then you've got some doctors, he's claiming, who are going, oh, that is unusual. And then other doctors, he's also claiming, going, no, no, that's just an error in the MRI. You get interference of a particular kind that's mirrored, so it's obviously an error in the machine or the way the process was undertaken. And he takes that to be evidence that they're covering up the implant mm. in his head. And in fact, that, that was Kieran, the man with the, um, the MRI images, who um, his story has it did change a little bit because I, know, I remember the first time he mentioned the MRI, he claimed that the doctor who had given him the MRI had actually said, never come to me and never talk to me about this again and gave him a bunch of money to go away. Um, but then that story never quite comes back and he'll, yeah, it sort of it shifts around a little bit. Um, the video ends where he and Shane are planning to go to Spain where they claim to have, uh, have booked in with some clinic that was willing to give them an MRI again to hunt down these, um, these implants. But then at the end of the episode, into the, the video, it basically just says they never made it to Spain. So I'm not quite sure. No, and it gets us on to the second part mm. because Shane, the other male main character in the Vice documentary, talks about how his body is strangely attractive to rare earth magnets and that if he takes a AC current detector and scans it across his body, body it goes off yeah. he's going well I'm, i should be flesh and bone so that shouldn't be happening the interviewer then goes well, let's try it out on yeah, me just as a control yes and discovers that rare earth magnets also attached to him and that the ac scanner also goes off on random parts of his body and he's going well i'm not a targeted individual so why is this going on and shane's reaction is actually quite fascinating he doesn't really take it in no, he just sort of says, oh, maybe you want to get yourself checked out, mate. And, and the thing is, really go this, into it any further. this mm. is a case of not having enough knowledge is a bad thing, because it is true we are flesh and bone. Well, I'm flesh and bone, I don't know about you. Mostly. But we're also very, very complex uh, electrical apparatus, given the way that our brains work. Mm. And so it does turn out that AC scanners will pick up electrical activity, particularly around the skull, because there's a lot of electrical activity going on in the brain at any particular point in time. And 
blood contains a large amount of iron. Mm. And rare earth magnets love themselves a bit of iron. And also the magnets that uh, Shane was attaching to himself were very little ones that looked like the sort you'd, you'd get on the back of a fridge magnet if that. They were maybe a centimetre, sort Which of half an inch long. Which means you're going to get surface tension. And so, yeah, just simply, you know, the, a tiny, you know, bit, bit of sweat, a bit of... It's, it's not like he was sort of dangling them off himself or anything. He was just sort of putting them on his upper chest and yeah. stuff like that. So yes. you'd think they, yeah. would, they would stick to pretty much anyone. And, of course... Then we get into the actual technological question, because the kind of technology that these TIs claim have been implanted in their bodies, which are implanted GPS systems, which keep track of them, radios in their head, which broadcast messages either straight into the brain or through the ear canal and the like, are frankly technologies that Currently, we don't have. No, no, we certainly don't. Uh, not that we know of, anyway. And so, I mean, they'll claim that these are secret technologies, but and they'll talk about um, directed energy type things, such as you know, the, what, what we mentioned in the news uh, news update that the Russians are supposedly coming up with. Um, in fact, Fiona, the woman who he spends a lot of time talking to, um, she isn't. She doesn't really talk about voices or mind control or anything. She just. Um, the, the the targeting as far as she as far that she talks about is just about sort of being made to feel very weird. She never really gives a good description of it, but she just gets a a very uncomfortable, nasty, from the sounds of things, almost painful sensation, which she tries to block out with lead blankets and hoods and by sleeping in metal storage lockers and shipping containers and stuff like that. But claims that. Uh, you know, wherever she goes, you know, when she stays in a place for too long, the sensations get worse, and then she'll go somewhere else, and then it'll be okay, and then they'll build up again, which she claims is to do with with implants. And it's it's interesting to watch her say she she insists that she has implants around. She has claims she has one in her hand. Um, and says that uh, now she's had an X-ray. She's had her hand X-rayed, and nothing shows up in the X-ray, which proves that it must be nanotechnology. Yeah, mm. which once again gets us back to. As far as we're aware, this tech doesn't exist. And one of the reasons why we don't think this tech does exist is that the power requirements for, say, running a radio or a GPS unit is one of the major reasons why phones don't really last very long. Mm. And notice the size of the battery in this yeah. device. Miniaturization still requires power. And bioelectric power is something we haven't quite got off the ground yet, at least not to the level which allows you to run devices continuously. How do pacemakers work? They have some sort of... I think they work with the electrical current that actually goes through the heart. So no, they're I thought basically they had some hijacked. sort of particularly sturdy, long-lasting battery. Oh, yeah, no, I think yeah, so. It's, it's a different thing. It's certainly yeah. not not on a nanoscale or even a particularly yes. micro scale. I and, think. of yeah. course, the thing about pacemakers is that or do you have a pacemaker and there are certain things you can't do, mm. like go through X-ray machines and the like? Yep. Um, and it's it's interesting to note that um, given that they're all about uh, the, the idea that they've been body hacked, that they've had these these implants stuck, and none of them seem particularly worried about using computers or other sort of technology. No, I, I was taken hacked. by that because yeah. they organise online, they email each other. One of them does a internet broadcast. And it's going, it does seem unusual to think my body's been hacked, which is hard. Why wouldn't they just hack my e e emails and my social media correspondence, which is relatively easy compared to body hacking? 
And then I went, well, if they think they're already in their brains, you probably don't really think you've got any kind of informational privacy anyway. Mm. So you might as well use a computer because they've got direct access to what you're going to say or write anyway. Yeah. So the oh, and then and then the other one is just um, bad luck. Ba bad luck. Lots essentially. of bad Lots luck. Lots of bad luck. So uh, as I mentioned before, the um, the interviewer goes to talk to Shane, who pulls out this binder he has, where he's uh, compiled detailed information on all the things that have been done to him. But the things he points out are like uh, some cracked tiles outside his um, his house. Someone's broken the tiles somehow. His dog's his, getting a bloodshot eye. His, yeah, he, he claims his do there'd been a break-in and they'd, they'd done something to his dog and he showed that, look, because when the dog looks this way, the whites of his eyes and one of his eyes is slightly bigger than the white of the eye in his other eyes, which I don't quite know what that's supposed to show. And, yeah, it's just sort of, you know, here's every, every bad thing that's that happens around him uh, is, for, is is compiled as further evidence of this harassment against him. Which... Now, there's a kind of historical precedent to these stories, isn't there? Mm. If we go all, all the, way the way back, back to the 18th century? Mm, late 18th century. Yes. Um, in 1797, a man called James Tilly Matthews was committed to the Bethlehem, or otherwise known as Bedlam, psychiatric hospital. Um, he, he's a very interesting case because his is thought to be the first ever documented case of paranoid schizophrenia, and indeed a book was written about him. Now, this is this is wonderful, actually. The um, the short name of the book is Illustrations of Madness, but its full title in that... In actually, and let, let, let me try this with my speech. Okay. Just see. Mm -hmm. Illustrations of Madness, exhibiting a singular case of insanity and no less remarkable difference in medical opinions, developing the nature of an assailment and the manner of working events, with a description of tortures experienced by bomb bursting, lobster cracking, and lengthening the brain, embellishing, embellished with a curious plate. Mm. Uh, quite well done, I thought. Apart from yeah. embellishing. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so, so this book, uh, written in 1810 by a man called John Haslam, uh, is again is, is another first, is considered to be the first ever uh, full study of a single psychiatric, psychiatric patient. Um, so he's a very well-documented case. Uh, and uh, when you get into the details of it, it, it starts to sound very familiar. It's um, all about an heirloom, and it's not something that's passed down. Mm. It's a loom. a loom that works on air, on air. that weaves a air in the way. contraption, mm. I the believe, that... they said at the time. Yes. Um, so he believed that a gang of criminals and spies who were skilled in pneumatic chemistry, which was a sort of science of the time, um, had taken up residence near him and were tormenting him remotely by using the rays emitted from this air loom. Or um, a gaseous charge generator. Mm. Uh, so the torments included what he called lobster cracking, which uh, meant, which was uh, caused the circulation of his blood to be prevented by magnetic field. What's something he called stomach skinning, uh, and apoplexy working with the nutmeg grater, which involved introducing fluids into his skull. It's also something you can find on Pornhub. Mm. <laughs> uh, and he he had code names for the people who were persecuting him. There was the middleman, who apparently was the person who operated the heirloom. There was the glove woman. There was Sir Archie. Um, and their leader was a man called Bill, alternately the king. Um, 
And this, this starts to sound very familiar. This man who believed he was being interfered with remotely, uh, he was being forced to suffer symptoms by a machine with th th that operated on technology that was sort of at the fringes of society at the time and didn't and really also, exist. Yeah, didn't exist to and never came into existence. Mm. Um, it, it, it mirrors a lot of what we hear T.I. saying just with a, a technological update, basically, where, where he talks about pneumatic chemistry and heirlooms. These days they talk about directed energy weapons and um, bio-implants and uh, uh, voice-to-skull um, communications and stuff like nanotechnology. By, nefer by nefarious gangs or perpetrators. Mm. Now, we mentioned earlier that despite the fact that the T.I. community in some respects does appear to be aiding and abetting people with mental illness, there is kind of a positive aspect to their community because mm. despite the fact that if you believe this is a mental illness and not a conspiracy, then the TI community basically talking about gang stalking and being targeted is basically confirming their delusions. There's also the aspect that the TI community is very helpful mm. to one another because one of the things which is quite common as a TI experience is the voices in your head trying to isolate you from your friends and family. And so the TI community say, look, they're going to tell you, don't talk to your parents, don't talk to your siblings, don't talk to your friends. It's really important you maintain those relationships in the face of what the perpetrators are doing. So we're going to work together to make sure that when I'm in a bad space that way, you remind me it's just been done to you by an external force. Go talk with your mum and I'll do the same thing for you when the same when that happens to you. Mm. And the belief that what they're experiencing is something they're being subjected to by a, a nefarious group um, who, who they are now you know, quite, quite strongly opposed to, also seems to do good in that it, it, it stops them from acting on these voices. At one point, Shane talks about how the voices at one point were telling him to kill his family. And he's like, you know, they, they wanted me to kill my family so they have an excuse to lock me up and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, the reporter's like, so do you ever listen to the voices? And, oh, hell no. And so, so sort of you have sort of the, the angle of spite almost that... that um, where in another case the person might eventually uh, give in to the voices, they have extra motivation not to do that because they're fighting, you know, they're actively fighting against the forces that are putting these voices in their head. Now, we should say there is a, a, an unfortunately high suicide rate among the TIs. Yes, yes. And it's a little bit nebulous even then whether w when a person commits suicide, is it that they fight, they couldn't take the torment anymore and they, they looked for the release of death? Or is, is it further evidence that they were mind-controlled and forced to commit suicide against their yes, wills? Yes, so one thing which came up in the documentary was the discussion of Max Spears. Yes, Who yes. We've, we've mentioned in the past, uh, very famous for claiming that he was su a super soldier who had been engineered as a child to have super abilities. Uh, lots of claims about UFOs. Apparently was a targeted individual. Mm. And of course died mysteriously. And they were going, well look, they can put kill switches in you. Mm. They can use a heart attack like that. And that's how they got Max Spears. So they can also explain mysterious deaths by going, well you know, it wasn't a drug overdose they made him do it or 
the drug overdose is a cover story for the fact they flipped a kill switch. Mm. Yeah, I, I was actually quite interested to, to hear that because um, in the video when it starts when there, there's a TI conference he goes to, the guy who's leading the conference basically stands up and says, look, here's Max Spears, he was a TI and he was killed just a few weeks before this conference. And I was like, wait, Max Spears was a TI? Because when we talked about it in the past, it was more his sort of UFO conspiracy theories and that the either the extraterrestrials or the people trying to cover up the extraterrestrials had got to him. I hadn't. So I don't know if he identified as a TI, but certainly the TI community thought he was. So what right. I do know is he did talk in the past about being tracked and people being out to get him. Mm. Now, whether he ever claimed he was a TI is actually really hard to tell because they're is both a lot and not a lot about Max mm. Spears available online. It's very hard to sort out claims made about Max Spears from claims made by Max Spears about Max Spears. Yeah, so we, we mentioned, it was, oh, what, two weeks ago, yeah. the update yeah. that there'd been the, the inquest in, in England, but he, he died back in 2016. We mentioned him all the way back in episode 122, which was actually 123, I guess. Yep. Um, oh, actually, you know, if you got that number from the spreadsheet, then it would be the no, the number you've got. Uh, no, I think I got it from our, our oh, original then, Well, then it was 123. Yep. Um, so we, we had trouble, even, even the first time when we tried to talk about it, we had trouble finding anything out because any, any sort of research you did, all the articles you found all just ended up kind of referring back to each other. It was hard to find any primary sources of information. It was all just the same stories going round and round in a circle. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was I was quite I was I was like, hang on a second when I was watching this video, Max Spears, I know that name, but I didn't realise in what, and so it was interesting to see them claiming him as him as one of their own. Although what was particularly interesting, so there's a whole bunch of discussion in the documentary about the death of Max Spears. And there's a discussion about, you know, was he taken out by his perpetrators? And some of the participants at the conference talk about how Max Spears started talking with a really weird voice just before mm. he died. And initially the death was put down as natural causes. As we now know, due to an inquest, it wasn't natural causes. He had pneumonia and it was a drug overdose associated with trying to treat the pneumonia along with his drug addiction issues that led to his death. They show Kieran the video of Max Spears taken two days before he dies. Yeah. And Kieran goes, he just sounds like someone who's on death's door. Mm. So he's not convinced that Max Spears was taken out because Kieran thinks there's too much focus on Max Spears and the fact that sometimes people just die. Mm, yeah. I thought that was quite fascinating that he did there go, was, yeah, some yeah sometimes, sometimes people just die. It's not necessarily part of the conspiracy. Mm, and it was, yeah, I think that was the only point I saw where there, there did seem to be some uh, division within the TI community because he didn't seem to be a fan of the guy uh, whose name I didn't write down because he, he only featured at the start of the video, but the man who led the TI conference and he's also interviewed briefly, uh, who, who has a, a YouTube channel and talks about other sort of stuff. Well, and Kieran think, didn't seem to be a I think it was actually a TI conference. I think it was a stream at the Bases 2016 International Conference, which is actually right. a ufological oh, okay. conference that's held every year, mm. not just in tw 2016. Yes. Um, so, I think I think we've got about to the end of it. There's um, yeah. we 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 did mention back then in 2015, uh, two doctors, Lorraine P. Sheridan and David V. James. Um, examined uh, 128 reports of gang stalking 
Uh, th their study, they were quite definite that no, these people are suffering from a psychological delusion and they were none too pleased about the whole internet community reinforcing each other's delusions thing. Um, and it is interesting to point out that uh, while the the symptoms that the, the, the people in the interviews and um, in the videos and articles we talked about mention things that seem uh, implausible given that they seem to involve technologies that we don't believe exist just yet. Um, the, 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 the full write-up of all these different cases talked about things going a lot more um, uh, implausible to the point of flat-out impossible. Um, people's family dogs being replaced with an exact double that happened to behave differently. Um, witchcraft focused through gold objects. Um, Remote enlargement of, of bodily organs, organs. Invasion of an individual's dreams at night and so on. So uh, again, there's possibly a bit of cherry picking going on there as, as to, to, to make the delusion sound more plausible in some well, cases. Well, yes, I but... imagine if you're being interviewed for a documentary, you may well put for the evidence you think is best mm. and makes you look the least disturbed. Mm. But so, I mean, ultimately... We're a conspiracy theory podcast, not a psychology podcast, because neither of us has any psychological qualifications. Although I do read a lot of social psychology literature for my sins. So, I mean, as, as psychological lay people, we are in no position to say, yes, these people are definitely mentally ill. But as lay people, it certainly looks like that. And certainly as conspiracy theorists, it's very hard to talk about the sorts of conspiracy theories that they're promoting simply because they're so vague and so lacking yeah, in any the, sort of detail. The actual claim of conspiracy is vague. Now, that's understandable to a certain extent. Mm. If you're being targeted by a conspiracy, it can be hard to detect the conspiracy in amongst the actual attack. But the evidence being used to show there is a conspiracy often looks a lot more like coincidences or simply noticing things that other confirmation people... bias. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like hard evidence of a conspiracy. It does look a lot like schizophrenia. It's unfortunate, yes. I mean, you can talk about the sort of the falsification idea, which, which kind of works both ways. You can, um, if you believe that you're a targeted individual, then any evidence to the contrary can be rolled into the conspiracy. Anyone who doubts you will they're either in on it or, you know, the, 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 the conspiracy is so good that normal people won't believe it. Like we saw with Fiona, uh, the X-ray doesn't show anything. Well, that just proves it's nanotechnology. Um, but then you, you could run the line the other way, that if, if it really is a conspiracy, then... Um, any, th any, any evidence of the conspiracy that this person finds could be written off as just further delusion on their part. Yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's just generally hard to talk about all round. But um, in terms of uh, conspiracy theories and analysis, analyses thereof on the strength of their evidence and what have you, it's really hard to say that these particular conspiracy theories are warranted, I would say. No. Mm. And I think that basically... It does. Is that. Now, for patrons, we have exciting bonus content coming up after the break. If indeed you take a break between listening to the podcast and the bonus content, you may do, you may do. I mean, I don't I know. Have a clue. You live your you life. You do anything. But we're going to be talking about the newest member of the EPA in the US, who turned out to be a bit of a conspiracy theorist. We'll be talking about potential dirty politicking by the National Party back here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. 
And then a youth group in the UK with links to a youth group of the extreme right in the US, mm. causing trouble for the Tories in good old Blighty. Mm. And if you want to hear about that, then you'll have to become a patron. And if you are a patron, thank you very much. We appreciate you greatly. And if you don't want to hear about that, then I guess everything works out nicely for you. And I have suddenly mm. become aware that my audio is probably going to be awful because my microphone is slipped. Oh, look, it has too. I wonder when that happened. I kind of felt it about half an hour ago, but I just assumed it was uh. my clothing moving around. So if the sound this week is awful, I apologise. Mm. It'll be better for the patron episode. You pay, you pay the bucks, you get the get better the good, sound. Good, uh, good sound quality, yes. So until then, I believe we're at the end of an episode. So... Um, it's a, it's I, I hope hopefully been a a quicker more streamlined episode. I actually don't think um, it has been, hasn't it? Oh, no, it's a shame. It's it's I, I I guess it's just a good thing that we're not so insecure that all it takes is a single negative comment on Reddit to make us rethink the entire uh, structure of our show because that Indeed. would be a bit inconvenient. It would be. Mm. It would be. Mm. So, I think we could actually fix this by having a a timer that we simply erect there yeah. and stopping and starting it when we finish and conclude, mm. start and conclude yep. a segment. But that's the kind of discussion we should be having after the show. It's goodbye from him. And it's also goodbye from me. That's how the catchphrase goes, isn't it? It is. Yeah. The two Ronnies. Mm. Mm. Goodbye. La rivedere. been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mrx dented which is written researched recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts mikey fluids and conspiracism Remember, they're coming to get you, Barbara.